Hello and good day. This is the Bible Bard. Here's the place we're at today. In this podcast, we take a moment to reflect a little bit on the use of symbolism in the Bible. Remember, a major premise of ours is that the Bible is literature and as such can be analyzed using the tools of literary criticism. Sometimes in reading the Bible, this can be a bit tricky and that happens because the Bible is also a religious text and people have many ideas about how a religious text should be approached. As an illustration, let's look at the symbolic use of just clouds in the text, sample biblical text that follow. In the book Exodus, chapter 19, verse 9, the text states, quote, The Lord said to Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you, unquote. Comment, God expresses the reason he's appearing before Moses and the nation in a dense cloud is to make the nation hear his voice, even though they did not see his form, and put their trust that Moses is speaking to God and God is speaking to him. In Exodus 34, verse 5, the text reads, quote, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him, Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord, unquote. The comment, the verses in Exodus demonstrate a primary association of God with clouds. This is actual, not symbolic. Their clouds appear in the text because they were there in the reality of what they reflect. Then in Psalms 97, verses 1 and 2, the text reads, quote, The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Comment. By the time we get to the book of Psalms, the text is using clouds as more of an association with the divine. Now part of God's greatness is that he is invisible, unknowable, because clouds and thick darkness obscure his spirit from our sight and knowledge. But by revelation, the writer of this psalm assures us that God is righteous and just. In Psalm 104, verses 2 and 3, the text reads, quote, He wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind." Unquote. The psalmist is now using a poetic anthropomorphic description of a God which has been described before as a spirit, as someone you cannot see. Uh, but he's using this language to express something about divinity that is superior to a human. And that's all of these actions that divinity can take using the very elements of nature as his own housing, as his own uh, environment. In Isaiah chapter 19, verse 1, the text states, quote, An oracle concerning Egypt. See, the Lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to Egypt. The idols of Egypt tremble before him, and the hearts of the Egyptians melt within them." Unquote. 
In Matthew 17, verse 5, the text states, quote, While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him, unquote. Comment now, in the New Testament, God appears to the disciples of Jesus, to three of them, and he's speaking out of a cloud like he did with Moses in the text written several thousand years earlier. The Jewish people who wrote those earlier texts and then heard this text understood that as God spoke to Moses from a cloud, so the Jewish people listening and watching Moses would always believe that Moses had a personal relationship with God, and through him, God revealed his wishes to the nation. Here, in the presence of Jesus, they would see the parallel of God speaking to the Jewish disciples about Jesus through the cloud. And therefore, the disciples would believe the words of Jesus that he was revealing more about God with a special revelation. In Matthew 24, verse 30, the text states, quote, At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And let's read Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, which repeats the same idea. Quote, Look, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen." Unquote. In these last two sample texts, clouds are associated with the return of Jesus to the earth from heaven as the divine judge of mankind. When human beings see a person approaching the earth on those clouds, they know through the symbols associated with his return that their time is up, that judgment is on the way. In the sample text, we see a progression of the use of clouds, which spans about 3,000 years. It begins with clouds appearing only as part of a description in which God of the Hebrew uh, scriptures is hidden from the nation, to the clouds of the New Testament when a voice comes out of a cloud to endorse Jesus as God's only begotten Son. Later, when the resurrected Jesus Christ returns to the earth some future day, his return is now associated with clouds. These are only a few, as I've said many times, sample texts. You can see these thoughts throughout the Bible expressed uh, also in different ways. A deeper study of symbols in the Bible would illuminate the development of many more symbols in the Bible text. What the Bible Bard is interested in for this study is just using clouds as an illustration of how biblical symbols develop and can be understood in the text. Among dogmatic ideologies, Bible symbolism is a fertile field in which to grow the poppies of bad thinking false premises and poisonous conclusions that twist the plain meaning of the text into its opposite. The discovery of symbolic meanings in the Bible doesn't have to be the beginning of confusion. 
As you see, dogmatic ideologues, Bible symbolism is a fertile field in which to grow the poppies of bad thinking, false premises, and poisonous conclusions that actually twist the plain meaning of the text into its opposite. The discovery of symbolic meanings in the Bible doesn't have to be the beginning of confusion. As you can see from our sample text, the Bible text itself explains the symbols found in it. If you begin to read the Bible and notice over time its progression of ideas, the revelation of more and more details about God and humanity, this will include the discovery of symbolic language within the text, as well as the Bible's use of poetic language, simile, and metaphor. This is the way the Bible bard works. Brief recitations, closely focused, no distractions, no rabbit trails. Send the Bible Bard any questions or remarks you care to offer to BibleBardUS at gmail.com. Glad to hear from you. Thanks in advance for following and sharing content from the Bible Bard community. Thanks for listening. The Bible Bard does not get information about Jesus from religion or some theology people have developed in the past. The Bible itself in its plain literary expressions in its text is the source of all revealed knowledge about God. We're archaeologists trying to get to that source. Once you know what the Bible says, because you have read it or heard its clear teaching for yourself, you are no longer dependent on religious ideology for your information. Get what the Bible says.